blessed to have a little bit of an interactive time tonight. Amen? That's right! Amen. Amen. So don't mind the bag. It definitely says errands. Get a good look at it. It's errands. <laughs> this is not any free advertisement for them. That doesn't mean you have to go there, but this is the bag that I picked today. Amen? Amen. All right, so I know that we have a glow service, so we got some glow giveaways. For those that want to participate. Yes, Lord. Alright. Oh boy. My volunteers tonight, they already got into the bag. So some things kind of fell apart. Oh, these are so good. Alright. So. Thank you. So first of all, I just want to introduce myself. Amen. Amen. I hail all the way from maybe the other side of Springfield. <laughs> I hail all the way from 336 Springfield Street Deliverance Center Ministries. Where my pastor is Mark A. Baby Senior. And my co-pastor is Donetta Bannon. And you know, they're lovely people. They are. But through those lovely people, I met these lovely people. I thank God for Pastor, uh, Pastor, my co-pastor Melly, and for Pastor Martinez. I thank God for this loving family, for your awesome leaders, uh, for inviting me. Thank you for the invite. Minister O'Brien, thank you so much. And tonight, we're going to have a little talk about getting connected. Amen. 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 So, I know that our theme for tonight is GLOW, right? So, this is your third annual GLOW service, okay? So, the meaning of GLOW is to shine in the dark. Okay? To flame and to burn. Okay? So today we're going to talk about what it means to be connected to the source. Okay? So, can someone tell me who the source is that I'm speaking of tonight? Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right. Do you want to, would you like a glow stick? <laughs> we got a flower, we got a... A nice blow ball here. Give the flower to your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. 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 There we go. There we go. So yes, the story that we're talking about tonight is God. Okay? So you have the opportunity to be connected to the God of the universe. Amen. The Bible calls him the King of Kings. Amen. Okay? So when we talk about the King of Kings, this is how I like to think about it. Because a lot of times since we don't deal with kings anymore, it kind of dilutes the meaning. Right? There's no kings in Massachusetts that I know of. Do you know any kings in Massachusetts? Who's your king? There you go. <laughs> but there are... No legal political kings in Massachusetts, nor in the United States, right? So I like to 
to think of it, I think of our commander-in-chief, right? Okay, our commander-in-chief. In Bible days, he would probably be considered a king. Right? Commander-in-chief would be who? The president, Donald Trump. Right? Despite your feelings about him, good or bad or indifferent, okay? He's our president. And with that comes a lot of power, right? A lot of authority. So when we talk about a king and we relate it to maybe a president or somebody of high stature like that, that makes us think about what the Bible is saying that our God is a little bit differently. Right? Because if we come in, when we see President Trump come in, everyone stands to attention. There's a security detail checking everybody out in the building. There's limousines and fancy cars. There's, you know, all kinds of things that warrant our president, right? When he gets ready to come somewhere, it's a big deal, right? So how much more, if we equate him with a king of king, with, as a king, how much more should we reverence the king of kings? Amen. Right? How much more respect does our God deserve if he is Lord over that man? He is Lord over that man, is he not? He is. He is Lord over that man. He is the king of kings. So all the powerful people that we think about, all the powerful people that we respect, he's higher than that. He is the king of kings. You have an opportunity to be connected to that type of power. The power of the king of kings. Amen? He is God of the universe. And the thing about this that touches my heart so much is that he wants to be connected to us. He wants to be connected to us. In the book of Genesis, the word lets us know that God created us to have a connection to him. He created us for the purpose to be connected to him. God wants to be close to you. I find it so like a beautiful love story when I think about how Adam and God, the Bible says that they used to walk together in the garden in the evening. Daily, God wanted to meet up with Adam. That was his bro. You know, it's like, you know, bro, right? That was his guy, right? So he wanted to meet up with him daily. He didn't want to have a disconnect. But we got in the way of that, right? Our sin kind of pulled the cord on us. Our sin pulled the cord on our relationship with God. So I asked tonight, are you connected? Are you connected to God? So I have a couple points tonight, not many. I understand. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to get your attention. You know, I want to keep your attention. So, in order to get the first uh, point is get connected. Climb a tree. Climb a tree. Does anybody here ever climb a tree? I used to be good at it. I used to be really. It may not look like it today, but I was very good at climbing trees when I was little. I was good until the day I got a little bit too high, and I looked down, and right then I got delivered from climbing trees every day. The tree was outside of my house, and I was calling my mom. I was That's how scared I was. Mom, mom, mom. She said, you got yourself up there, you're going to get yourself down. So, <laughs> after that, I was delivered from climbing from trees. But uh, one thing I can say about climbing a tree is that it's intentional. 
you don't just climb a tree just from thinking it, right? You don't just climb, you don't just wake up and end up in a tree. You have to think about the fact that you want to get up in that tree, right? And then you have to continuously, as you go from limb to limb, continue to make the choice, I'm going higher. Right? We're climbing a tree. Okay? There was a man in the Bible that wanted to connect with Jesus so bad that he literally climbed a tree to see Jesus. He literally got into a tree because he wanted to see Jesus. So that comes from Luke, the 19th chapter. Uh, Verses 1 through 10 tell the story, but I'm going to just bounce through it a little bit. All right, so verse 2 says, A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he was short, y'all, he wasn't tall at all. Because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. We're going to go down to verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I have to ask you tonight, what tree... Are you willing to climb to meet Jesus? What tree? Okay. Are you willing to climb and conquer the tree of excuses? Right? There's a tree of excuses, right? I can't give my life to God because I'm in a relationship. Ah, I can't give my life to God because right now I'm in a relationship. That might be in that tree. I can't give my life to God because I have too much going on right now. That might be in that tree. I can't give my life to God right now because I want to get lit when I turn 21. That was my tree. (laughs) That was my tree. That's what held me back when I was a teenager. I didn't want to give my life to God in spite of the people in the church that kept telling me about the goodness of Jesus. I'm a pastor's daughter. So I was always in church. Okay. We were in church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Some Saturdays. Some Saturdays. Definitely on Sunday, maybe once or twice on definitely once, but maybe twice on Sunday. But I was always in church and in spite of all the stories and all the testimonies that people were telling me about Jesus, I didn't want to hear it. Because I wanted to go wild when I turned twenty one. I wanted to deliberately go out when I turned 21. I could not wait for 21. All right, but my testimony is, is that I didn't make it to the age of 21 before I gave my life to the Lord. Um, the Lord saved me when I was, I want to say 15. He saved me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost when I was 16 years old. And I've been running for him ever since. Not saying that I haven't fallen sometimes. I had some shortcomings and things of that sort. But the way that God planned it out for me, he didn't want me to get to that 21 because, I mean, the turnip was about to be real. <laughs> it was about to be, yeah, all the way up. 
Alright? <laughs> so, if God is waiting for you at the top of the tree, would you be willing to leave your friends on the ground and go see Jesus? Wow. How important is it to be connected to God? How important is it to you? Alright, I need a brave volunteer. I need somebody that is, I need a young person that is saved. Okay, I was going to say, if, can you come up here and share your story with me? Share your story with us? Yes. Please. Tell us about the things, well, tell us about any opposition you had before you decided to give your life to the Lord. Like, what happened? What, what clicked for you to give your life to the Lord? <laughs> so, uh, the, the story before um, I accepted God was kind of a roller coaster a lot. Um, <laughs> I showed you here, hi. Um, so it started about uh, when I was seven, eight. That's when my father first started getting to God. That's when he met our awesome Pastor Jose. Um, and I my father was going through Good <laughs> 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 And my father was going through a lot. He was going through depression. He was going through financial struggles. Um, this was also around the time when my parents were still getting divorced. So there was a lot of issues. We, did, we had a broken family, essentially. And um, my father was struggling most of that time. And then he found God through the pastor. And he started seeing that God is king of kings. And he Trust in him and everything will follow through. But I didn't really believe in myself until about 10, I'll say, because I was like, oh, it's just some God. Who is this God? I've never heard of him before. <laughs> I was like, he's one of those folk tales that tells us about it too. Because I, I had never seen him, I didn't know he did, because I've never heard testimonies. But then um, the first time that I really started to believe was the day that I heard my dad's testimony about how God saved him from suicide. Because little bit, I know that when I was about, uh, first when I was born, I remember um, I almost died as a baby. Uh, I couldn't uh, like eat in the beginning. I had trouble uh, laughing, I think. So like, I was losing weight and I was going to die. And my dad was like, so heartbroken over that because he couldn't imagine losing his first daughter and continuing to live with that, like, with that loss. And so he was going to end it there because he could not imagine living without me. Um, but then God reminded him because he made a promise to me before I was born. Before I was born, that he would never let me grow up without a father even though he had to grow. And so God saved him once. And then around the time of the divorce, he was going to lose me and my sister to my mom with the whole, uh, the whole laws of who we live with. And he was going to do it again because he was going to lose me and he could not live with that. But then God reminded him again, you're not going to let them grow up without a father. Mm-hmm. And he trusted in God, and you know what? They had joint custody. So we still saw my father, and even though there was some rocky road, we built a relationship with him because my God just my <laughs> my God kept going with my dad and he started to believe in God that if he kept looking towards him, we would come to him as well. Mm-hmm. And I came to him, we were in our third church, the first one that you guys own, that we were renting. And we had a night where we were just worshiping, and we were all in the front singing. And it was wrapped me in your arms. And uh, I remember I was in the front, and we had this um, thing, it was Mars. It was a thing that they used to baptize babies. And I was just holding up to the top, the, the top, because um, 
that was the time I was kind of like, I want to know God to save my dad. So I was just saying that, like, however many years ago, I feel like, the first time you feel God's love just wash over you, you just want Him, and that's all you want. It is just an amazing feeling, and you will never go away from Him because you, that's all you want. You just want Him. Amen. I pray our mom. Amen. That was a beautiful testimony. It's important for you to hear. I could tell you all day about God, but you know, I know y'all think I'm old. But it's good <laughs> for you to hear the story of other young people. You know, sometimes when we're young, we feel like we have all this time when we feel as if... Uh, Salvation is for older people. But he is your God also. Amen? Amen. So my first point was, does anybody remember it? Climb a tree. Get connected. Uh, (laughs) Point number two is believe. Believe. This connection happens first through asking God to forgive you for your sins. And then turning your life towards him. We must understand that Jesus paid the full price for our sins. Jesus paid for 25% of our sins. Is that true? Jesus paid for about 75% of our sins. No? So he only paid for the small ones, right? No. His blood only covers the little white lies, right? No. Just the little ones? Is that true? No. Then why is it that we feel that we've done something so wrong that we can't come back? Wow. How is it that we get in our way at that level when we believe that his blood, the price for our sins was paid in full? Yes. He paid the full price of our sins. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son So that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And that brings me to point three. Stay connected. God paid for eternal life. He wants a long-term, committed relationship with us. When I go to the store, I want what I paid for. Amen. I've seen church people. Completely act like non-church people when they don't get what they pay for. That <laughs> might be in your business. But I've seen some things in my years. Let your food come out and it not be right. Let, let your food come out and not be right. Ooh, boy. Oh, that poor server. That poor, poor server that just brought you the plate. That poor server. When you pay for something, you want what you paid for, right? Right. My mother's a trip. We used to go to Wendy's, right? My mom, she has this thing about Wendy's. She don't feel like anybody else's burger is as good as Wendy's, right? So we would go to Wendy's, and my mom would be like, she'll get in the line, 
She was standing up there for other people, shot at the number two, and made her like the picture. Good work. Okay, so what that means is when we shine, 
he shines. That's right. All right. When you're shining at school, he shines. Yeah. When you're shining at the table when they bring you the wrong food, and you say, God bless you. This is not my order. He shines. That's right. Amen. No matter where we go or what we do, we are representatives. We represent God to the world. We represent them. Some people already have their mind made up that he's not real. When they see you, you represent them to him. You say, oh yeah, I can be a Christian and wear a cross. <laughs> and tie back. I can be a Christian and bust a quick move. I saw y'all in here. Y'all had the moves tonight. Y'all had the moves. You know, we are representing to the world what being a Christian looks like as we go through our day-to-day. Okay? So, Jesus wants us to get connected and to stay connected. Alright, so this is my last point because it's fall. Right? And I, how many of you have had to rake leaves? Wow. <laughs> I haven't had to do it. Thank God for my husband. <laughs> Thank God for my husband. I have to bust the leaves. I have to do that. But, you know, what do those leaves signify? Are those leaves still alive and vibrant? Uh-huh. Why did they fall off the tree? They were dead. They were dead. You know, God wants us to have, when we're connected to the vine, we stay alive, right? That's right. But the minute that they disconnect from that tree, what happens? They die. And then we rake them up, we put them in those brown bags, and we pray that they pick them up. (laughs) Please, don't let the squirrels get in this bag. (laughs) So to glow, we must be connected to God. Let's quickly review what we talked about tonight. So our first point was, get connected, climb a tree, right? Climb a tree. The second point was, believe. The third point was stay connected. Now, real quick, to stay connected to God, that means that you do need to pray. Young people, you can have a prayer life. You don't have to pray like the prayer warriors that you've seen. Just like I'm talking right now, you can talk to God. Just like I'm talking right now, you can talk to him. You can say, God, I'm so frustrated. You can say, God, I'm so misunderstood. You can say, God, I hate her. You can say to God how you really feel about things and God will listen to you. Because he wants that connection. Right? He wants to be close to you. He wants you to bounce things off of him. Prayer is nothing but a conversation with God. Doesn't take an organ or a keyboard or a tambourine. Doesn't take uh, percussion, doesn't take nothing like that to get to God. It's just you talking to God. That's what it is. So prayer is one way that we stay connected. Another way that we stay connected real quick is reading the word of God. I don't care what version you get. Get the one you understand and read it. Read it. You know, even if it's two verses a day. You know how we like challenges and things of that sort? What was that one way of throwing ice on people? Ice bucket challenge. Two verse challenge. Starts today. Read something. Read the word of God. 
You know, because as you read it, it will begin to stick with you and you'll begin to know what is true and what is false in these last days where people are talking crazy. Amen. So we want to pray and we want to read our Bible. All right. So tonight, after all of this thing, after you sweating all over this altar, after the glow sticks and the smoke machines, there's something that is so important, and that is the state of your soul. Tonight, I offer Christ to you. All right? Tonight, I don't you you may have already initially accepted Christ, but then once you got to school, whoo, the old man just came out. You know? I get it. I I do, I get it. Whatever the situation is, I offer Christ to you tonight. If you want to be saved, let's begin to come to the altar. If you want prayer for strength, let's begin to come to the altar. God, I'm not quite sure that I passed that test that you sent me. When that person started talking to me sideways, I threw these hands up. I showed them these hands. 